More post-game tunnel fight talk. Yes, we got to get to the Kedrick, Rieskano decommitment. Oh, yeah, the 2023 Michigan State football schedule also dropped last week. We're going to finally get to that. And then, oh, man, Michigan State basketball tipping off here pretty soon against Grand Valley State. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everyone? Matt Sheehan, yes, your host of Locked On Spartans, your team in green and white every single day. And thank you so much for making us your first listen on the podcast or watch if you are consuming this on YouTube. Either way you slice it, hey, thanks a lot for giving us a shot here as we got another busy episode today because, no, this post-game incident that happened on Saturday, well, we're... I don't even know if we're at the top of the hill of this discussion yet. We got a long way to go here, so of course that's how we're going to kick off the show here. But then after, there's some news from last week that we never got to get to because, well, there was also that game that happened on Saturday that kind of made it more important than the Reese Cano decommitment, the 2023 MSU football schedule drop. And then to round out the show, let's get a little basketball talk in the mix, shall we? Spartans versus Lakers, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. But before all that, hey, like I said, Let's talk about what happened in that tunnel. Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker spoke with the media on Monday. Jim Harbaugh spoke with the media on Monday. And, well, yeah, this is an issue that is certainly not going to go away. And really, why would it? Because investigations are still going on. You know, uh, the police investigation, a lot of interviews being had, a lot of video being shared with the authorities where, uh, yeah, so here we are. What we do know is that on Sunday night, Zion Young, Tank Brown, Kari Crump, Angelo Gross, all suspended by Michigan State. For how long these suspensions will be? Well, quote, they will remain in place until the investigations are complete. So, no telling how long that's going to be, but yes, those four players are suspended. Probably not a surprise that guys are suspended here. Um, Look, like I said on yesterday's show, or two days ago, whenever you listen to it, um... Yeah, it's a horrible look, no doubt about it. And yes, look, it was at the end of an ugly game, in an ugly rivalry, during an ugly season. Let's not forget about that. A lot of frustration building up. Who knows what's said in the locker room, the tunnel. All that we know is that there's horrible blood between these two teams, and it got a little too out of hand. No doubt about that. Suspensions are, yeah, kind of obvious at this point. One thing I do want to clear up, though, as I went through that whole thing on Sunday saying that, like, yeah, look, I, I, I don't necessarily condone, of course, what happened in the tunnel, but I could see how it happens with everything that we just listed, the ugly game, ugly rivalry, emotions are high, adrenaline still pump, whatever, regardless. One thing I do want to clear up, when I said all that stuff on Sunday uh, when I was recording, did not see the video of, I believe it was Kari Crump swinging his helmet at the U of M player. That one is a bridge too far uh, to kind of even start to make somewhat of excuses for right there. So that one might be a little more than just a suspension on that one as you're wielding a helmet around, beating a guy into the ground. That, mm, okay, that, we'll see if, uh, we'll see if you ever come back from suspension on that one. So just wanted to clear that up really quick right there. And uh, look, I know that everyone is uh, upset that they're fired up about this on both sides, whether you're a Wolverine or a Spartan, you got a ton of thoughts on this. But uh, one, you know, big thought that I have as we're now about almost 48 hours removed from the incident and 
You see all the press clippings, all the tweets, the message boards, just the conversation that you have in day-to-day life. I mean, the, the, the one thought that I have right now, and of course I've had 15 thoughts about this, but the flavor of the day right now from a Michigan State fan perspective is that, like, no, I... <laughs> This is going to go over well. I, I don't think it's necessarily a referendum on the program as a whole, uh, the team as a whole, Tucker's culture in the locker room uh, as a whole. I mean, because look, it, it's not like Tucker just named these four kids captain of the game this upcoming weekend. He, he didn't go in front of the media and applaud what they did. He, he did the most that he could possibly do to these players, uh, which is suspending them for the foreseeable future, while investigations are ongoing, while and you know just saying that it's not going to end the suspension until the investigations wrap up. And I know that hey, look, we, we like instantaneous things in this life, but I know some people wanted Tucker to tar and feather the, the players that happened immediately on Saturday night. But look, I, investigation takes time, gathering information takes time. It is actually pretty quick that he did it within 24 hours. But yeah, I. Look, I, I don't know what else like people want necessarily. Jim Harbaugh spoke with the Ann Arbor media contingent on Monday as well, saying, quote, an apology is not going to be enough here. I get it. Coach standing up for his players, he's obviously disgusted at what he saw on Saturday. But I, just like Jim and everyone else, like, I, what else can be done right now? I, I, like the investigations take some time. There's a lot of people that have to be spoken with, a lot of video to comb through. I mean, this isn't like a black and white situation where you just give, you know, a team the, the death penalty here. So, I look, it's it's going to take some patience. And, like, uh, apologies are all that Michigan State has to offer right now. Tucker gave one. Alan Haller gave one. President Stanley, before he, you know, leaves the university, gave one. Like, it's... I Okay, I, I, I don't know if you want a death sentence for the kids themselves, but, like... Apologies are all that we could have to offer, I, That's and that's it, and it doesn't sit right with people because, uh, look, goes without saying that this is a very uh, touchy subject, and rightfully so. Uh, what happened Saturday? <laughs> no, not good. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, uh, here we go again. Uh, it's just another, another, another great round of dialogue going on on the internet, you know, like, oh, Tucker should be in jail, uh, Sug coming, uh, all, all that Michigan State does is recruit criminals, uh, it's just odd. Real conducive stuff there. This is this is great. I'm, I'm certainly not already beyond annoyed by this, but hey, it's not gonna like I said anytime soon. So we'll uh, we'll check in the next time anything's said or done about this, which could be as soon as tomorrow or at the end of the week, early next week. Who's to say? Uh, other investigations though going on. This is a video that circulated on Saturday into Sunday, certainly into Monday at this point. Is Mel Tucker uh, swinging at the fan that touched his head, uh, which? Yeah, what, what what did we think was going to happen here? Uh, for those that have not seen it, Mel Tucker's leaving the, the game through the tunnel. I presume a Michigan fan reaches his hand down, treats Mel Tucker like a petting zoo animal, and uh, Tucker just flails his arm, uh, scolds the guy too, like as if, like, what else was going to happen? Uh, like, look, I, I want you all, I want you all right now, let's do an exercise right now. I want you all to imagine... Being in, like, the worst mood you've ever been in. And let's say it's also in the middle of a time where things aren't going necessarily right. Uh, kind of like Michigan State season right now. Uh, and you're also surrounded by people that you can't stand. And also knowing that those people can't stand you. You're trying to mind your own business, just walking forward. And all of a sudden, yeah, someone just treats you like a pet cat and just touches the top of your head. You don't know where it came from. You don't know who they are. 
All that you know is that they don't like you. And you're in their own house. Like, of course, like, flailing back and swinging the arm is, is going to happen. But I, they are apparently investigating that fan. Tucker wasn't clear on if it was a, a police investigation, university investigation. But, like, I, at the end of the day, look, what, what happened there, that little interaction, uh, is a grain of salt compared to everything else that happened after the game. But that is something that also came out on Monday during the press conference that, yeah, that, that video, that's... Uh, uh, that's another thing to add to the list of things to talk about and get all riled up about. Um, also, too, uh, look, <laughs> Mel Tucker doesn't say a lot at press conferences to begin with, and this overshadows everything else going on. Like, there is a game this Saturday that was talked about. Uh, Mel Tucker said uh, they are trying to move on to Illinois. Mentioned that the team had a great practice after addressing what happened in the tunnel on Saturday and that the team looked uh, sharp. And for the guy suspended, it's, quote, next man up. And just n nothing really sizzling about the Illinois game coming up this weekend from Mel Tucker. However, there's a third coach that we got to get to. We talked about Jim Harville, what he said. Mel Tucker, what he said. Let's talk about Illinois defensive coordinator uh, Ryan Walters. Yes, that's right. Bet you didn't expect to hear his name today. He said that Michigan State might have the best combination of receivers that we play all season. That's correct. Very, very little issue uh, with that said. What happened next, though, is... Uh, I'll let you be the judge of this. He said, quote, The best offensive line we will have played to date. Are we being honest here? Are we watching the same film that I... Regardless, or hey, maybe Illinois' schedule has been that bad. I know it hasn't been a murderer's row of a schedule, but, like, you did play Iowa. Like, it can't be that bad. You still played Wisconsin, who is, like, look... They're not like their usual Wisconsin selves, but they're, they're okay. I, yeah, so I guess we'll take the compliment, Ryan Walters, or maybe that's just something you say to get your team fired up and not overlooking uh, your opponent, as Illinois is 10-point favorites next Saturday, 3.30, Big Ten Network, if you missed the time and channel drop for that as well. We're going to get more into some football talk here. We're going to leave the tunnel stuff behind us, at least for the rest of this show. Look, odds are we'll pick up on it later this week, because that is the... Talk of the town, but first, I need to talk to you fine folks about what's going on at Nissan. Not just that, but the thrilling moments segment. Yes, this is a, a fun segment that Nissan has instilled in the Locked On Network. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup of Nissan vehicles are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be... Look, I have two things here. It's, number one, literally anything Keon Coleman did on Saturday. Look, I obviously, Michigan State lost by more than 20 points. Not good. But, oh boy, that was a nice shining moment right there. Keon Coleman getting work done in the first half. But also, thrilling moment number two. How about Bryce Berenger's catch on that first really, really bad snap that they had? That, that man is not just a punter. He's a slot receiver as well, and he should be drafted as one. So there you have it. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. And before we get to some other Michigan State news from last week, hey, just want to thank you all for making Locked On Spartans your first listen or watch every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. This is an item that happened late last week, but we were in the midst of previewing the Michigan game. We had the chat with Tony Lippett. Couldn't get it in, but you already know it by now if you follow recruiting. Four-star running back commit Kedrick Riscano. Riscano, Riscano, I believe. 
is not a commit anymore. He he becomes the fourth decommitment for Michigan State's 2023 class. Uh, the second in about a two-week span here with Clay Whedon, the offensive lineman, who decommitted and then shortly committed to Auburn after. And no doubt about it, look, I'm not going to shock you that this one does sting a little bit. Uh, and yes, Kedrick did write in his notes app announcement uh, that MSU is still in consideration and will be a top priority. I read that the, the same way of like when I go to a food court, I look at a slice of pizza that's been sitting there for roughly 72 hours and just looking up and telling the poor worker, uh, hey, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll be back. Yeah, I'm, yeah, no, I'll, yeah, stay right there. I'll, I'll be back. Like, I got a really hard time believing that Michigan State is still a top uh, priority here or a top target, but I digress. Uh, again, this should not be... A shock. It is a bummer, no doubt about that, but maybe not a shock because of what happened the weeks leading up to it. He did visit Ole Miss. He did visit Oklahoma State. And also, yes, while he was already a pretty highly rated recruit, four-star running back, he's even outperformed that in his senior year down in Texas. He's had an incredible season. So, yes, of course, teams are going to want to pick and prod and try to pull away top-rated guys from other teams, but... Oh man, he made that spotlight on him a little brighter, and that's what happens here. A, a lot more doors opened. Um, A&M might be getting a visit. There, there's rumors that, you know, obviously they're not shy of rolling out money for uh, recruits or anything like that. But I, at the same time, like, how, how long can you know, that be an excuse, you know? I mean, this is a... Uh, NIL is starting to be a thing where, like, you kind of need to have it in order to move on. And we hear all the time from the program, like, yeah, no, it's... We can compete with the best of them. It's like, okay, well, if that's really the case, then it might be time to start doing so. And this one is as puzzling as it is frustrating as well because, look, I, it's not like there's a logjam at running back. It's not like there's going to be playing time that's not to be had here as a talented freshman because I think a talented freshman running back could get like 10 to 15 touches a game next season. Jalen Berger is the only guy with experience on this team that will be returning next year. Jarek Broussard, gone. Eli Collins will be gone, I believe. And if I'm wrong, please call me out on that. I, I am finicky with the COVID eligibility rules, but I'm pretty sure both those guys are gone. Regardless, even if one or two of those guys could come back, even as a third-string running back as a freshman, being as talented as Kedrick is too, playing time's to be had. No doubt about that. We, we see freshman running backs you know, pop up and play immediately. All the time. I just go back to the days of LJ Scott for crying out loud. So, yeah, it's uh, it's puzzling. It's bizarre, and it's a bummer. And that, that's that's my big word. It, it's it's a bummer. Um, and, look, I, Tucker has been out recruiting other running backs uh, even before he decommitted. I know he was going after Auburn's four-star commit right there. And yeah, I think the uh, rumor is that Tucker would like to have two running backs coming into this year's class. So, no, it's not like they, they won't ever get a running back this class. I think they will. It's just, okay, can you pull <laughs> a committed guy elsewhere now? Uh, so right now, on the 2023 class, Michigan State back down to 12 commits. Eight of them are four-star, but you are now ranked outside of the top 30. Again, still a long way to go for December's signing day. But, ah, man, I'm mm, not great. Not great, Bob. Uh, but, hey, you know is what it is. Now, let's talk about something uh, more happy. Michigan State's 2023 football schedule came out last week. Let's just go through all the games really quick. I got some notes to share as well. 
And it's going to be a fun September because it's home versus Central Michigan, home versus Richmond, who apparently has a football team, home versus uh, Washington and Michael Penix in his 17th year, and then home versus Maryland is how you start off the season. Four home games, and then the first road game of the year at Iowa. Then you get a bye week at Rutgers, then home versus Michigan on October 21st, which will be my son's third birthday. Uh, happy birthday, son. You get a father emotionally melting down. Uh, you don't even have to unwrap that gift either. That just comes to you that morning. Uh, anyway, then you go at Minnesota, home versus Nebraska, at Ohio State, at Indiana, and then finish at home against Penn State. That's seven home games, five road games, and your crossover games, if you weren't paying attention, were at Iowa, at Minnesota, and home versus Nebraska. Uh, another note that you know I see too, as you know, we rattle off four straight home games to start the season. Go to Iowa. There's a bye week, and then two Rutgers. That's nearly a full month without a home game in Spartan Stadium. So get all your tailgating excitement out of the way in September. Start prepping that liver for September because. It might be a dry month uh, after that until uh, I think that next game would be, yeah, the October 21st game against Michigan. So, yeah, almost a month off of home games. But, hey, again, uh, life is about give and take. You you give up a month of home games in the middle of the season, but you also take, well, four straight home games to kick off the year as well. And I also like to do this when the schedules come out is, uh, you know, see who has a bye week before playing the Spartans and... This year, actually, no teams have a bye before playing Michigan State. Uh, each of Michigan State's opponents next year will be coming off of one week of prep. So if that's something that moves the needle for you, um, hey, moves the needle for me. So there you have it. And also, too, uh, I also like to look at you know the, the big opponents as well. Uh, you know, Michigan plays Indiana before Michigan State. Ohio State plays Rutgers before playing Michigan State, and Penn State also plays Rutgers before Michigan State as well. I like looking at those top opponents just to see if they're really playing a physical team the week beforehand. Uh, they talk about it, about Alabama all the time. It's like when you play Alabama, you don't play them once. You actually play them twice because, well, the first time you when you actually play them on Saturday is tough enough. But it's also such a physical game that you will be reeling and feeling it uh, for the next game as well. But, yeah, right now Michigan plays Indiana and then Ohio State, Penn State each play Rutgers. Look, they're not bye weeks, but it might as well be simulated bye weeks right there. No disrespect to Indiana Rutgers, but let me just disrespect the hell out of you right there really quick. Um, so there, there you have it. That's the fun news that we have with the, uh, the football schedule. So if you're already done with this year and you just want to turn the page to next year, hey, there you go. Glad we can do that for you. Uh, now, really quick before we get to some Michigan State basketball talk. That's right. It's exhibition night almost on Tuesday night. So you to talk your ear off about sweat, block, wipes. Hey, Saturday night, very tense, very nerve-wracking, especially in the first quarter when it was still a game. You know, uh, usually I'm sweating profusely during these kind of games, but not anymore. Thank you to sweat, block, wipes. We're talking the doctor-created, doctor-recommended product. It, it, it just takes care of what you need and also what your shirts need too. Leave those soggy shirts behind after big games, after big moments, before you get dressed in the morning. Hey, swipe the, sw swipe the sweat block wipe wherever you get the most perspiration and it will take care of you and your clothes for really days at a time. Th this is a product that is iron-clad and also, hey, like I said, I'll beat this into the ground too. Doctor created, tough to beat that. Doctors, uh, they, they know what they're doing. 
And in the perspiration game, that does not change as well. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% off with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. One more time, gang. Save 20% off with promo code LOCKEDON. That's two words, LOCKEDON, at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Hey, here we are. Look at us getting ready for a basketball game on Tuesday night, 7 p.m. at Breslin Center. The mighty Grand Valley State Lakers are coming into Breslin Center for actually the Lakers' third scrimmage or exhibition game, however you want to word it, and Michigan State's first, obviously. Um, Yes, 7 p.m. at Breslin Center. Some tickets still available on msuspartans.com. And also, well, this is one of those big 10-plus games as well. I think it's $9.95 for a month subscription. Next Monday's game against Northern Arizona, which actually counts. That's not an exhibition. That is the season opener. That is also on Big Ten Plus as well. So essentially you're paying $9.95 to watch two games. One exhibition and then the opener next Monday. So just you know, just want to give the heads up for that. Might be a good idea to throw uh, a $10 bill that way if you want to watch your basketball Spartans. Uh, also, before getting a little into this game, what we want to see, what Grand Valley State's all about. Yes, that's right. We are going to preview Grand Valley State a little bit. Uh, John Rothstein, uh, he dropped this on Twitter early on Monday. Michigan State's Jaden Akins, of course, you know, uh, surgery for a stress fracture in his foot, could return, quote, early in the season, according to Tom Izzo. There's no specific target date as of now. This is obviously an injury that you want to be a little careful with. Stress fracture in the foot. And we are very accustomed to seeing, well, what can happen if it's not treated correctly, if it doesn't heal in the right time. With Josh Langford, derailed his last year and a half at Michigan State. Was able to come back, but I think it's safe to say was never really 100% what he was. So, kid gloves with this injury, while upsetting you know there's a lot of impatience with seeing Jaden Akins who I think who you think is going to have a great season coming up of course you want to see him on the court especially with how thin Michigan State already is depth wise but you want to be as careful with, with this injury as humanly possible so yeah no target date probably good idea no pressure whatsoever just come back when you are ready and also uh, with the second game of the season being on a what could be a, a misty basketball court on top of an aircraft carrier, I, I don't hate seeing him miss that game. I, you'd hate for anything wonky to happen in that contest and kind of just derail the rest of his season. So, yeah, it sounds like to me, obviously the first few games are going to be missed, but, yeah, no target date really leaves a mystery in the air, doesn't it? Like, okay, well, will it be the, the Big Ten opener in December? Is it going to be the PK-85? Are we not going to see this cat... Until February, I I don't know. Tom Izzo's being a little mum about it, but oddly enough, they're still saying that, yeah, it's progressing nicely as well. But still, it's just like, ah, don't, don't rush that back. Don't rush that back. And the team knows that. The staff knows that. So that's the route that they're going. Now, hey, exhibition against Grand Valley State. Uh, same team that Michigan State scrimmaged last year or had an exhibition against last year. What do we want to see? In this game on Big Ten Plus at 7 p.m., if I'm paying $9.95, I want to see something other than like a 45-point Michigan State victory here. So let's just go through some items that uh, are going to stand out to me. This is going to be a great time for overreactions, isn't it? Uh, Look, first and foremost, I'm excited to see the freshmen. 
No question about that. I'm excited to see the three freshmen that have come into the program this year. We're talking Jackson Kohler. Uh, hey, he's, he's going to be important to this season, especially offensively. Uh, Michigan State's big man depth. Okay, we'll see how it goes. He's going to be an important player here early on. So, hey, maybe hits the ground running against Grand Valley State, puts up 14 points. We all start overreacting. I know I'm a victim of it all the time, but, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Trayvon Holloman. I'm honestly not sure what to expect this year as far as minutes, production, and role goes from him this year. I know he's a rangy kid, good defensive wing player, but also he will be behind Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogard, uh, you know, Jaden Aikens when he comes back if you want to throw him in there. So I'm just interested to see how they use Trayvon Holloman right from the start against Grand Valley. And also Carson Cooper, 7-foot tall kid that was well supposed to redshirt. The plan was to redshirt him, but he, he will be playing this year. Now, whether that's because they, they, they just simply need another center to play, which could very well be the reason, or if he's just a better player than they ever thought that they were going to get, we'll start to figure that out on uh, Tuesday night, 7 p.m., Big Ten Plus. Also, hey, uh, theme number two that we want to watch for, Mati Sissoko. Mati Sissoko, uh, yes, junior, big man. You already know this guy's name. You know his story. Raw player to come into the program we're going to start to see if he's going to start to come close to hitting that ceiling that a lot of people thought that he could hit. So, hit the ground running against Grand Valley. It's going to be a favorable opponent to do that. We'll get to that in a hot second. But uh, the third thing that we're going to be watching for on Tuesday is just what does this team look like without Jaden Akins? You know, just, just simple as that. That is a, a starter that is out of the lineup. So, is it a thing like A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker, Malik Hall, Joey Hauser, Mike Sissoko? Are you starting five? Or... This game's going to be prime for small ball as well. Could it be A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker, Pierre Brooks, if you will, Malik Hall at the four, and then Joey Hauser at the five. Look, I'm sure we'll see odd lineups. Again, this is an exhibition. Tom Izzo reportedly tinkered with a lot of interesting lineups in the closed-door scrimmage against Tennessee. I'm sure this will be another iteration of that. So, yeah, get, get ready for some fun on Tuesday night. Uh, and also, just a, a brief primer on Grand Valley State. We're not going to go into every single player, but they, they are a smaller team. They have two guys that are six foot nine or taller. And one of them, uh, Marius Grazulis. That's right, Marius Grazulis. He has not played in either of Grand Valley's exhibitions so far this year. I tried to look up if that was injury-related or anything else, but fact of the matter, uh, six foot eleven, Marius Grazulis might not even be playing on Tuesday night. The other guy that's six foot nine or taller, he is Shamus Thompson. He only played nine minutes against Oakland in their first exhibition, and then just eleven minutes against Eastern Michigan last week as well. So it's not even like they play these big guys a lot. So they are a small ball team. Uh, Grand Valley State last year they, they went eleven and nine in the GLIAC. Uh, they had one guy make all GLIAC first team, one guy make all GLIAC second team. Neither of those guys are even on the team anymore. Look, and, and we could just stop the preview right there. I mean, I, Michigan State should win. And if this is like 2000, oh, God, what year was it, 2006? Or whenever Grand Valley popped Michigan State at home, which ugh, still ugh, makes me shudder. Um, I, we're gonna have to, that's that's cause for, for panic. We're not going to take a lot of overreactions from this game whatsoever, or at least try not to. We're going to try not to, but... Okay, if it's like a close game or like they just straight up lose this game, fine. We can take an overreaction from that one and start to worry, but I I don't suspect that will happen. Let me knock on wood. But, yeah, there you have it. It's fun to have basketball back because, A, Michigan State basketball is just fun, and, B, 
Michigan State football really hasn't been lately, and we just need something else to watch. Um, God, man. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow, though, talking about it. We'll, we'll recap the game. That's right. Tomorrow's episode will come out later. We'll record after the exhibition game against Grand Valley State. If you have any questions, we'll get to some. We got some in the inbox earlier today at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. We'll hit those as well. Later this week as well, Illinois preview. Um, trying to work out a guest for that one as well. And then Friday show, fun day Friday. Get the final thoughts on Saturday's game, Spartans versus Fighting Illini. And boy, well, we have a lot of thoughts for that one. So until then, hey, love you all. Go Green.